When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We would be honored if you would join us. Hey everyone and welcome to another breakdown. Today, we finally got the first episode, the 75-minute episode of The Bad Batch. We essentially got a continuation of The Clone Wars. I really didn't expect it to take place during Order 66, or rather just before. I found it was a very nice transition and brought us up to speed as how this show is all about the point of view of the Bad Batch and no one else. The watch party was really fun as always and I thank you guys for joining me, there were over 4,000 of you. It was great to have you all back in the room watching together at once. I will see you again this Thursday night at 11.50pm for Bad Batch Episode 2, which I believe is going to be about 30 minutes long. Before we begin, I do want to say check me out on Spotify as there is exclusive content daily including this breakdown with some added extras and also on the Star Wars Theory forums. So the episode starts off 5 minutes or so before Order 66 on Kalar with Depa Blaba and her clones. Now I don't know which clone battalion this is so I need some of you sweaties in the comments let me know. I couldn't find it. I thought they might be the 442nd, but they don't have the same markings, so it's definitely not them. And it's not the clones under Commander Gree, because they also have different markings too, so I can't really figure it out. But anyways, let's continue. Now alongside her enters Caleb Doom, who is Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. He's just a young little Padawan here. We can see this because, well, he's young, and also by his Padawan Braid. He brings in the reinforcements to the battle and we see the Bad Batch enter. They do their usual thing and use their mutant powers to fight the Seps, winning the battle. Tech announces that through comm chatter he has learned that General Kenobi has engaged General Grievous. So at this point in time, this is where Kenobi is, on Utapau, fighting Grievous and most likely has just defeated him. Some dialogue goes by and shortly after they run off with Caleb when Order 66 is executed and they all notice, turning back, that the clones have turned on Depa Balaba. Caleb tries to save her but she tells him to run away and he does so, firing at her and killing her in surrounded fire. At this moment, Obi-Wan is probably falling off his Varactyl and into the waters as Cody commands fire upon him, running away. So they follow him to try to, you know, see what's going on, that they're not here to kill him, when of course, Crosshair starts firing at him, and which makes him distrust them even more. It seems like Crosshair is the only one that has executed Order 66. We find out why later, but essentially I'll just tell you because you've probably seen it at this point and you're here for the breakdown. Essentially, his chip is really the only one that's really still working compared to his brothers. But still, compared to a regular clone, it's not nearly as effective. 
While they try to find Caleb and Crosshair continues to try to kill him, Caleb eventually ignites his saber and takes Crosshair out, kicking him into a tree. This goes to show that a Padawan is much more powerful than even a mutated clone. Now, had he gone up against Wrecker or maybe Hunter or someone else, it may be a bit of a different story as Crosshair relies solely on his ability to shoot and throw things, but I digress. Caleb eventually runs away from them even after Hunter tries to earn his trust, making a massive force leap over the river. And I know this differs a bit from the comic, but this is the new official canon. Movies and shows are always favored over comics and books. As the Bad Batch head over to Kamino after over half a year away, they land and notice shock troopers. Now these are essentially Palpatine's guards. They're also known as Coruscant guards. The boys are told that the war is over when they notice the body of a dead female with a lightsaber. Now last night, the chat and I were up in arms. We were trying to figure out whose lightsaber this belonged to. And I think we landed on Zat, but that doesn't really explain the purple skin as you can see here. So anyways, if you have a guess, Please comment below, I'd love to find out who is under the sheets. We learn from tech that the Kaminoans altered the cognitive functions of clones when it comes to following the orders from the chips. Essentially, the chip takes over your mind and controls it, which we already pretty much knew. As the clones line up to watch Palpatine make his speech to denounce the Republic, which is now reorganized into the Galactic Empire, this scene right here is actually this scene in Revenge of the Sith. So this is where we are in the timestamp of the Star Wars universe. That means that Anakin, right at this moment, is slashing and dicing Separatists on Mustafar, wiping them out. And this is right when Padme says, so this is how Liberty dies, with thunderous applause. We next meet Omega, who I and many of us in the watch party think she's a Force-sensitive clone, very possibly a clone hybrid, of Palpatine, which I know a lot of you are shipping, as she has the same hair, but that's a bit far-fetched that I like to believe. But I will say that Omega means the last letter of the alphabet in Greek. This means that she is the last mutated clone, which we later learn at the end of the full episode that Tech actually says that she is the fifth and last mutated clone, because Echo is not mutated, he's just a regular guy. So there could be some sort of correlation or experiment being done on her with Palpatine trying to clone force sensitive beings or something to do with him cheating death. She wears the head pendant that Nalase wears as well. And Nalase is the scientist, a medical facility technician. And Nalase handles all of the medical things at the facility there. We saw her a lot in the Clone Wars, and it seems like she's taking Omega under her wing, and maybe even she created Omega. Tarkin enters Kamino with his course on clone troopers, which was so cool to see. He speaks to Lama Su and says Emperor Palpatine wants to stop the cloning process and move to regular conscription soldiers. Lama Su, who is the Prime Minister of Kamino, says cloners are superior to some recruits, and Tarkin says, that he'll be the judge of that, which is a very Tarkin thing to say. Tarkin elaborates a little bit that conscription soldiers are half the price of clones. The next scene is a cafeteria fight between the Bad Batch and the rest of the clones. This scene builds the camaraderie and brotherhood of the Clone Force 99 and their new friend who sits with them, Omega. 
Now, when asked where her parents are, she looks confused like she doesn't know what that is or like it's ridiculous as she's a clone baby born there in the facility. So why would they even ask such a question? We learn that the Bad Batch are genetically defective clones, which means they have a mutation of some sort, which we all assumed as well. Tarkin orders for 99 to be tested. He eventually brings out the big guns, which look like a very early stage of Dark Troopers. I can't even say phase one because they were made literally pre-Empire and now they're ready to display their abilities. Using live rounds against them, the boys use their abilities to take out the droids pretty easily. We then learn that the Bad Batch are enhanced clones. When Tarkin inquires about them from Nala Se and Lama Su, he asks if they executed Order 66, to which the Kaminoans assume, and Tarkin gets mad saying that that means nothing. He orders them to Onderon to neutralize a threat of insurgents. On Onderon, the boys learn that these aren't the enemy. It's just civilians and Saw Gerrera, to which a probe droid is spying on them, relaying to Tarkin their betrayal as they let them go, and realize that the Empire are pretty crazy. Crosshair grills Hunter for letting them go, and we see the division between the two. Okay, so right here, Crosshair questions his ability to lead, and this shows us that Crosshair is really now power hungry, and he thinks that Hunter has gone soft, and he is going to be the new leader of the group. He seems jealous and entitled, and he thinks that he is fit to lead. But in reality, we all know that he's just being controlled by the inhibitor chip. Tech then tells us that Omega is an enhanced clone because he analyzed her DNA. And when Nalase said that there were five enhanced clones, he realized that Tech is just a normie, which makes her the fifth enhanced one. Now I'm starting to think just like the rest of you guys who mentioned that she was a force sensitive or something like that. She has a bit of force power in her. Or maybe she has all of the abilities that each Bad Batch member has. I'm starting to think she's pretty special. As they head back to Kamino to save her from what they suspect the Empire is about to do to her, acknowledging that she is now one of them, they move quickly, but not without more grief from Crosshair. Omega and the droid are found and she is taken by the shock trooper. As the boys land, they are surrounded by troopers and taken into custody. This is where things get kind of cool and we see a bit of her ability and we kind of wonder. So they're all stuck in a cell together. Omega goes over to Crosshair and tells him that she knows what he's going to do and asks him to just not do it. She knows that it's not his fault. This shows insight into the future, perhaps insight into the force itself, a Jedi ability. She might be force sensitive. The shock troopers summon Crosshair for lab work, where they take him and Tarkin orders the effects of his inhibitor chip to be amplified. It seems the genetic mutations have altered their brains, including the chip. We learn that the chip is not nearly as active as a standard clone for this reason. As the boys find a way out of the jail cell with the help of Omega, they search for Crosshair when they get to the hangar and suit up. When of course, Crosshair and Shock Troopers walk in. As he's decked out in all new gear, blacked out, and looks like a clone trooper, stormtrooper, hybrid kind of thing. The two stand off and we get a big fight scene. It's pretty epic. Tech fires up the ship, the boys buy him time, and Crosshair orders the doors to be sealed when he sees that they're trying to take off. Now this is when the doors don't close and Nalase is overriding the controls. Now why is she doing this? She is actually the one who saves them, and not for the Bad Batch, but to save Omega, who I gather is kind of like her kid, or what I'm starting to think is maybe her personal creation. 
She has a very strong bond with Omega and obviously she doesn't want her to die because she knows what the Empire wants to do with her. That could be to kill her, that could be to recruit her, that could be to do running experiments on her, who knows? Either way, it's not good and if the, their own person on the inside doesn't want them there anymore, then clearly there must be something bad about to happen going on. Shots are constantly fired and Crosshair is about to make the killing snipe, when all of a sudden, Omega grabs a blaster and shoots the gun out of his hand. He's shocked, he takes his handgun out, tries to fire, but he can't make a clear shot as she fires relentlessly at him, to their surprise. Now, she made that shot with just a regular blaster, that was a very precise Crosshair style shot. She clearly is gifted with what? I don't really know. I guess the later episodes will show us, but I'm thinking she either has the abilities of each Bad Batch clone or she is force sensitive in some way. They get in the ship, Clone Force 99 blasts off, and we see Nalase and Lama Su discuss their escape where she fails to tell him that she let Omega go. So there could be some division here that I think might happen. Uh, we could have a guy on the in or a, a girl on the inside. Nalase cares for Omega. This also means that she could die. She could also be a liability. So, and I'm just judging by that second look that Lama Su gave her as if he's suspicious of something. The crew set course for J-19 where they know a guy. J-19 is probably Seleucami, where Cut Laquane is. This is the clone trooper who we saw in the Clone Wars who gave up being a clone and settled down to be a farmer. He married a nice Twi'lek and he has two kids. I think they could meet Rex here because they share a mutual friend and maybe this is where Rex went after or maybe he went to see Gregor or maybe Wolf, something, who knows. Either way, I think we're going to see all of those characters, including Ahsoka, in this show or maybe hear about her. She may not be rolling with Rex at this time. She may have gone somewhere else. You guys let me know in the comments. Maybe to find Anakin, perhaps. I think maybe that's going to be, you know, her next thing is to find what happened to Anakin Skywalker and maybe she just will never be able to finally know what really happened to him until that point in Rebels where she feels him in the ship. This episode was pretty sweet. The beginning was such a surprise. I didn't expect to see Caleb Doom and his master Depa Balaba. It was a very nice tie-in to get us up to speed going into Order 66 and letting us know all these little timestamps, these little Easter eggs in the show. I feel the show is going to do wonders for world building character development, and an overall understanding of the massive effects that took place on the galaxy once it shifted from the Republic to the Galactic Empire at the hands of the Emperor. I think the Bad Batch in the end will all die. I think Vader will take them out or someone will take them out. Something will happen to them. Maybe not all of them will die, but I think a good handful of them, they, they can't go on. It just doesn't make sense. At some point, they're going to have to go. They're just too powerful of a force to still be around in the galaxy and for us to wonder, hey, where the heck are they? They could really help and do some damage, especially when the rebellion comes around. For me, I give this episode a 7, 7.5 out of 10. It was lots of fun, and I can't wait to see the next episode coming this Friday. So I hope you'll be there for the watch party and of course for the breakdown because I'll have it out for you guys as soon as possible. It's currently four in the morning while I'm recording this. Can't wait to edit it. That's going to be another three, four, five hours. And I will see you guys in the next video. Check me out on Spotify. Check me out on StarWarsTheory.com. Check out my merch shop. I just dropped a whole bunch of new merch for you guys. Thank you for watching this breakdown. I'll see you guys soon. I love you and may the fourth be with you.